Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Hearing God's inner promptings should be the normal lifestyle of every Christ follower. This should not be something really weird. This should not be something strange. This should be the normal, everyday lifestyle. We should expect God, as a mature believer, to speak to us as we're doing life, and we can know and hear that it's God speaking to us. If someone told you that God speaks to them, how would you respond? Would you run away? Look at them like they were crazy or maybe think they were crazy? Or say, God speaks to me too? Well, Pastor Mark in his teaching today is illustrating the ways that Scripture tells us that God wants to speak to us. God wants to help us navigate our chaotic lives and to give us wisdom in our decision-making. Because he knows the future as well as the best route for us to take, choosing to continue to chart our own course will only lead to further frustration and incomplete living. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 3 with his continuing study called How to Listen to God. You see, planning or setting goals is good. Making a list of pros and cons is good. But bottom line, we need to consult God in all the details of life and be sensitive to hear His voice. Because I cannot, if you're a college student today and trying to determine after two semesters at BCC, should you go to this college? What course you should take? You can't took the Psalms 3 and it says, you need to go to the University of Florida and you need to take the chemistry degree. Wow, praise God. <laughs> it isn't there. You're dating somebody. And God says, if they're five, seven and handsome. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. If they're six, two and they're really good looking and they're a Hulk, go for it. Well, no, that's not in the Bible. So how do you make those decisions? You see, if you're not a believer, you make them with common sense. Let me make a statement to you. The Bible says, the man who doesn't believe in God is a fool. So I don't have the wisdom. Should I take this job and move my whole family out of town? That's being asked a lot in this community. Or is God going to open a door here? Well, where are you going to make that decision from? You and I don't know a thing about tomorrow. Not one thing. 
God knows the whole future. So that's why I consult him. And often in the inner part of me, I'm going to hear God speak. Romans 8.14 says this, Christ's followers are led by the Spirit of God. That's one of the greatest benefits that we have to hear him speak to us. It should become second nature to us with the Holy Spirit prompting us to speak. Please write this down and let me explain it to you. Hearing God's inner promptings should be the normal lifestyle of every Christ follower. This should not be something really weird. This should not be something strange. This should be the normal everyday lifestyle. We should expect God as a mature believer to speak to us as we're doing life and we can know and hear that it's God speaking to us. For instance, as I go through work in a day and I hear somebody in the other office speaking about they're really hurting, their spouse left them, maybe if I have a relationship with them or maybe not even if I have a relationship, the spirit might say to me, At lunch, go buy that person lunch. Befriend them. A neighbor comes to your door. And she says, I really don't know what to do. My husband just lost his job. They're not a believer. I need to hear the Spirit say, what? Come in, fix dinner, talk with them, encourage them, sit down, let's pray. I need to hear the Spirit speaking to me. I might be going through the day, and here's what you'll hear. You need to call John. He needs a word of encouragement. You need to call Jill. She's depressed today. Now, let me explain to you. That should be normal in our lives. It is not weird. It's not like this. You're at work and you're walking with somebody and you're going to lunch. And you're walking and you say, just a moment. God is speaking to me. Just a moment. (laughs) When you open your eyes, there'll be nobody around. And wisely, I'm leaving that kook on the side of the road. You see, that's what people think. Do you remember one day, Philip, an average person just like you and me, just an average guy. He was holding a great revival. God was ministering. And the Spirit came to him and said, go to the desert. Philip said, go to the desert. He went to desert. He got to the desert And he was there, and there's nobody in the desert. All of a sudden, he sees a caravan in the distance coming. And the Spirit, let me read it to you, so you know we're not crazy. Acts 8.29, the Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. The Holy Philip couldn't turn to Acts, it wasn't even written yet. But the Spirit said, go talk. To the man in the carriage. Philip goes over. He discovers it's an Ethiopian eunuch who left his country of Ethiopia and went all the way down to Israel to try to find God. He didn't find God. He's leaving. He's reading the book of Isaiah. He has no clue what it says. Philip goes over and he says, You know what you're reading? He says, No, how could I? Somebody could help me. Well, who knew that the Ethiopian eunuch? Needed somebody to help him explain the book of Isaiah. Who knew that? God knew it. Well, how does God know it? Because he's all-knowing. So how's God going to help him? God could have come down. (gasps) Sat right there and told him. 
But he uses you and he uses me. So Philip went over. You know the whole story. He accepts Jesus Christ because that's what the passage is about. He's water baptized. He goes back to Ethiopia. He's the first evangelist in the whole country of Ethiopia. Why? Because the Spirit spoke and sensitive ears. Philip, he knew it was God speaking. See, it doesn't take one of these to hear God say to you, call Jim today. He's discouraged. Just call Jim. Don't make it a big deal. Because it should be second nature to us. Very often, God wakes me up in the middle of the night. And I have to get up and change my teaching. I have to add this and that and the other. I I got home yesterday and somebody just wrote me an email and just said, Pastor Mark, I just want to encourage you. You've changed our whole family. You've done all these things. Well, I like to get encouraged, but that was good. Somebody impressed him to send that to me. It's the same for you and I. We need encouragement. We need God speaking to us. So second way is God will speak to your spirit. Can I explain it any more than that? No, because it's of the spirit. But it's just as real. In fact, it's more real than you hearing my voice right now. It's an inner prompting from the spirit. Not weird. I'm not weird. I was waiting for more amens for that. And the Holy Spirit is definitely not weird. It's God. He still speaks today. And you have to be sensitive to hear him speak. Here's the third way. So God speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through the Holy Spirit in a prompting. Number three, God speaks through other people. Look at Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. All through the Bible, New Testament and Old Testament, we discover that God often spoke through other people. Actually, he spoke through believers very often, but sometimes he spoke through unbelievers to believers. See, you can't put God in a box. So God uses people, usually when God speaks to us through another person. A word of encouragement, a word of correction. He speaks through the counsel of wise, mature Christ followers. Now, if you're, a, if you're a parent, this is humbling. If you're a parent, how many know that a five or six-year-old, your child, can speak to you? How many know that it might be a word of correction from a five-year-old? It's pretty humbling, isn't it? Oh, you're right, honey, I'm sorry. You're right. God speak to us. Now, more humbling if it's your teenager speaking to you. You know the one that's lost their mind? But they speak to you, and they're right. It's pretty humbling, isn't it? Um, How many of you are married? Let me see your hand. You're married. Okay, good. If you've been married very long, you know this truth, that God often speaks to us through our spouse. Ouch. Ouch. It kind of looks like this. How many guys are in the corner right this morning? I mean, you're in the corner. Rah, there they are. They're right there. They're, she's giving it to you, baby. Now we laugh, but is it true? It is. Why can a spouse speak to another spouse? 
Because we know the spouse more than anybody else. Do you know who knows you more than your spouse? God. And he knows how to send the right person to either give us a word of correction through God or a word of comfort and encouragement. But here's what happens. All through the Bible, we see people interacting and getting words of encouragement. Aquila and Priscilla, Apollos came in and he was teaching. And Aquila and Priscilla were friends of Paul's tent makers. And they got Apollos aside and said, you have got an amazing gift of teaching, but you don't have your doctrine really correct. And they spoke into Apollos' heart. He was teachable and corrected his doctrine. And he went to the next town and it said God just blew the socks off his speaking because he was open to correction from another man and woman who knew God. Now, what's the problem in our churches? If God speaks to us through other people, what's the problem in our churches today? It's that you and I are not connected with other people. If you come to this campus, and we're glad you're here, but you're not in a small group, you're not in a men's study, you're not in a woman's study, you're not in a couple study, a fusion study, you're not in any kind of relationship where people can get to know you and can speak into your life, then you can bypass this one. Because it's not going to happen in your life. You're not going to, somebody walking up to you and giving you a word of correction, you don't even know them, you're blowing them off in two seconds. We really only receive from people we know. Very rare do we receive from somebody we don't, because we don't know their motives. So I want to challenge you. One of our five core commitments in our church is to be connected one to another. Learn to hang out together. Learn to be in a small group. Get yourself where somebody can know you and speak into your heart. You need that. God uses people. What did Jesus do when he started his three-and-a-half-year ministry? He got 12 people together. And what did he do with them for the next three-and-a-half years? Spoke into their life constantly. You need to be connected. So let me encourage you to do that. Without it, you're going to have a difficult time. You remember the story, you know it well. I need to be humble enough to seek wise counsel when others are speaking God's words into my life. But sometimes my heart gets hard. And I don't want anybody speaking to me. I know I'm wrong, but I'm not going to listen to anybody. There's a great story in the Bible. Maybe that's you this morning. Well, you need to humble yourself. You remember King David committed adultery with a woman named Bathsheba. Then he had her husband killed. David sinned. And for one year, he refused to listen to God speak. For one year, he would not hear anybody speak to him. What did God do? By the way, the Bible says David was miserable. But he was too proud. What happened? The Bible says God sent a prophet named Nathan. And he sent and he gave him a story. And he gave him a story about a guy who took advantage. Guy had lots of sheep and another guy that had one little sheep. And the guy that had lots of sheep went and took advantage of it. And David went, 
Get that guy in here. I'm going to kill him. I'm the king. Nathan said, David, you're the man. God used Nathan to speak into David's heart. And David finally repented. See, if you don't have somebody, your heart can get harder and harder. Because David had already turned off the Holy Spirit. But God used another person to speak into his heart. Number four, write it down. God speaks through circumstances. God knows how to use the everyday circumstances of life to speak to us. God can speak to us through a failure, through a success, through a sickness, through a healing, through a blessing. He can even speak through disappointments in our lives. We have to be alert to realize what an open door looks like and what a closed door looks like. Now, here's some of the confusion. Sometimes God opens a door and we're supposed to walk through it. Circumstances look perfect. Sometimes Satan's opened the door. And I have to learn the difference between the two. Sometimes God shuts the door. And I have to realize that's God shutting it. Sometimes Satan shuts the door. How am I going to learn all of that? What am I going to do with these circumstances of life? Because you and I are in them. Well, I have to be alert to understand that either ordinary or extraordinary circumstances, open and closed door, God uses or say, See, nothing happens by accident in the life of a Christian. If you're following God, there's no like, wow, good luck. No, it's circumstances where God speaks to us, divine appointments. Now, I want you to turn to the book of Acts, and we're going to put a little flesh on our teaching today. We're going to start taking these ways God speaks to us, And roll them in to a practical way so you and I can see that these people in the Bible are just like you and just like me. Acts chapter 16. Now, as you turn there, let me give you a little illustration. And just look at me, if you will, for a moment. Paul is an apostle. He's on his second missionary journey. He has a plan. He knows where he wants to go. Having a plan is a good thing. You need a plan. But as Paul begins to head to the cities, he's going to head east. He wants to go to Turkey. He really wants to go to the city of Ephesus because it's a hugely popular, influential city. But as he starts going with his plan, God starts shutting doors. Well, how's he going to do this? What's he going to do with it? He's supposed to be being led by God, but the doors keep getting shut. Let's begin in verse 6. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Pergia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So Paul had a plan in mind. He was taking this team to share the gospel. But notice, as he's heading there, God says, no. God had a different plan. Now, how did... God say no. We really don't know. But look at verse 7. When they came to the border, he just moves on. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, another area in the east. But the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So how did God 
speak to Paul. What did Paul hear to know that that was a closed door? And that was a closed door times too. Was it an inner prompting of the Spirit? Was it a word of knowledge from someone, from another person? Was it some kind of external circumstance? We don't really know. We don't know, but Paul knew God had closed two doors. He used all the senses he could. He couldn't turn to the Bible, and the Bible says, please do not go to Ephesus. So somehow, in verses 6 and 7, God had another plan, and he closed the doors. Now, as that happened, what's Paul going to do? Is Paul going to get angry? He's going to say, God, well, thanks a lot, God. I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going back home. Have a nice life, God. Or is Paul going to disobey and just say, I don't care what you say. I'm going to push that door open, baby. Watch me. Well, we'll see what Paul does, but I want to ask you a question. What do you and I do when God says no? Do I get mad? And just say, okay, God, I was meant to sing in the band. I'm supposed to be the lead person. But you know what they did? They put me in the back row of the choir for crying out loud. I'm quitting the choir. In fact, I'm leaving the church. Or you're dating an individual. And they're not a believer. And the black and white Bible says you can't marry an unbeliever. But you say, God... I know in my heart that guy or gal is the right person. But God says no to you. What do you do? You go ahead and marry him anyway? By the way, that's what pastors deal with mostly. is counseling people who have disobeyed God. It's too late. It's a disaster. God restores. God forgives. But they live in their mess. We've all been there. Where are you at today? When God says no, he says no for a reason. When God postpones something, he does that for a reason. When we were trying to decide what to do in Melbourne, when we started the church 19 years ago, we went to 30 different properties trying to find a location. And we finally said to God, here's 192, and here's Minton. We will not go any farther south than 192, because we want to be in this area. God was laughing, because he moved us three-quarters of a mile south just to go, really? (laughs) And then when we got to the property we were looking at, the individual I dealt with way back then twice told me, we will not sell the land to you. We're not interested in selling the land to you. I just felt God saying, no, there's an open door there. Just keep praying. Eventually, God opened this man's heart. And you guys in Melbourne, that's where you're sitting. On the land that God opened the door. I had to keep knocking the door. By the way, when it was all through, I got to go to the hospital and lead him to Christ just before he died. So it wasn't even about the land. It was about this guy coming to the Lord. Today, Pastor Mark taught us some of the ways that God speaks to us. He uses the Bible, the Holy Spirit, other people, circumstances, visions, and dreams. He also sometimes gives us an inner peace about a decision we've made. We were told of the example of Paul being summoned to Macedonia, which illustrates our need to be flexible when God changes our direction. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, we'll wrap up part two of our message, How to Listen to God. Pastor Mark will be elaborating on the ways God speaks to his followers. We will also be given examples from the Bible of the various ways communication from God takes place. We should remember that God's plans for us are for our best, even if they don't appear to be at the time we receive them. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Contagious Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.